This week in Adventures in Social Anxiety, I leave Hughes Aircraft and I start Atlantronics and uh, my wife has her first bad experience with antidepressant medication. So I jumped in the car. I don't think I went much more over than 15 miles over the speed limit on the way home, but it was the middle of the day, so there wasn't that much traffic. I got home as quick as I could and I was really concerned when I pulled up in front of the house and there was an ambulance there. Hey there, Gary Fisher, the Senior Geek, back with episode 21 of Adventures in Social Anxiety. As I mentioned in the cold open, I'm talking about working at Hughes Aircraft and my transition to Lantronics, and also my first experience through Debbie with anti-anxiety medication and some of the drawbacks that uh, can occur. This audio was actually recorded that last week, and I split it in half because I recorded more than I needed. So we join my monologue from last week in progress. I was looking around, and it, was, it became pretty obvious. GM kept cutting back on staff. I was working by that time as a Unix system administrator. And uh, it wasn't really in my job description, but I was also doing uh, technical support for Macs and PCs because there wasn't anybody else to do it. And they kept threatening that they were going to uh, outsource that and I could wind up with the same job at about half the pay working for an outside company. My bosses didn't want to see that happen. And so they kept kind of shuffling my office mate, who was also a Unix administrator and a database administrator, and me around in the org chart to uh, try and keep us from getting outsourced. But that wasn't a whole lot of fun, so I decided to start looking elsewhere, because I figured that Hughes probably wasn't that long for this world. I hired a, uh, a marketing guy. I forget his first name. His last name was Harrison. The company name was Harrison Associates. I suspect he is no longer with us. He was quite a few years older than I was. But he helped me put together a resume. And once we, I put it together, part, part of the agreement with him was uh, he sent out, it was something ridiculous, like 22,000 resumes to different companies. And I wound up, over 18 months, I interviewed at a lot of different companies. At Hughes, I was having a lot of dentists and doctor's appointments so I could go on these interviews. And I think everybody knew what I was up to, but I don't think anybody really above me blamed me. So, uh, so I, you know, I went on all these interviews, and in a couple of cases, I thought I had the job. You know, it seemed like everybody liked me. And then I would talk to, like, the one last guy, the CEO of the company, and for whatever reason, he would take a dislike to me, and I wouldn't get the job. There was one case where the job required a secret clearance for classified material, and I had had a secret clearance at one point. Hughes had taken it away from me because I didn't really need it, and they were cutting back on uh, advanced clearances, so uh, I went back to just a confidential clearance. And I actually admitted to these people that uh, I had lied about smoking dope in my youth and my original um, application. 
And it turns out that uh, the FBI doesn't really matter if you smoke dope in your youth, but they do mind if you lie about it, because then that makes you blackmailable. So I didn't get that job because of that. Learned a definite lesson there. There were several jobs that I was actually offered. They, they wanted me to come work for them. But by that time, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, Amanda had been born. And so I had a two-year-old girl at home. And they, uh, they wanted me to uh, travel like 75, 80% of the time and I wasn't willing to do that with you know with a child at home and I could have actually I you know I, I think one of them was offering me like $105,000 a year which in the mid 90s that was actually it's pretty good money now and after about 18 months I went down to Irvine and I interviewed at this company named Lantronics for this uh technical support job. I originally thought it was going to be a Unix administration job right up to the day I got hired in. And then I got there and they said, oh no, you're, you're doing tech support. And it turns out I was really good at it. So uh, it didn't turn out to be that much of an issue. That was kind of a surprise. I had a boss and I'm not going to name her name because I don't want her name attached to some of the things I'm going to say. But uh, at first she was like one of the best bosses I ever had. I will tell you the best boss I ever had was named Al Lang. He was at Hughes. He was the one who, in my mid-30s, finally convinced me to go back to school and get my bachelor's degree. Huge thanks to Al. I may go back and tell that story in some other podcast. Denise and I got along really well. Uh, I mean, to the point where we actually went on a water skiing trip together at one point. Debbie, Debbie had a man at home, so... Uh, and so she said, well, you just, you know, go on on this water skiing trip. It was at the uh, cabin on Lake Havasu of uh, one of the one of the guys I was working with and put tech support. And she said, it's a good way to get to know your coworkers and your boss. So that, that all, that was a lot of fun. And this boss really liked my style of working. She liked the way I dealt with customers within, I don't know, it was probably... A couple of months, uh, she made me the irate customer specialist. So if somebody called in and was screaming and yelling that uh, you know they hated this product and they were gonna they'd toss it out the window, but instead they wanted to send it back to us for a refund, she'd put me on the phone. Sometimes she'd get on the phone with me, and we would talk them down, and usually figure out what they were doing wrong, so that they could get their product working. So things were looking up at Lantronics. Uh, I'm going to bring up one other thing, and then I'm going to cut it off for the week. There was one day I was at work, and it was 40 miles away from where we lived. And uh, for reasons I'll go into later, it took 18 months for us to get a house in uh, Lake Forest, which is not far from Irvine, so that I would have a shorter commute. So I was commuting a total of 80 miles uh, every day. And I get a phone call from Debbie. And she is in sheer panic. And uh, and so I stuck my head into my boss's office and I said, look, I've got some kind of an emergency at home. I don't know what's going on, but Debbie's just freaking out. And she just said, go. 
So I jumped in the car. I don't think I went much more over than 15 miles over the speed limit on the way home, but it was the middle of the day, so there wasn't that much traffic. I got home as quick as I could, and I was really concerned when I pulled up in front of the house and there was an ambulance there. And so I jumped out of the car and I got talking to one of the EMTs, and it turned out after Debbie got off the phone with me, she was feeling so freaked out that she went across the street to the house of some people that had moved in not that long before, and we didn't even know, but asked if uh, if she could just, you know, stay in their living room until the EMTs showed up, because she had called 911. And they were nice enough to let her do that. And so I talked to one of the EMTs, and he said, oh, you, there's nothing serious here. She's just having, she's just, as he put it, a little anxious. Come to find out, she had been given some pills to take because she'd been feeling a lot of anxiety recently. And I knew, you know, she was taking medication. I didn't know what it was called. And it was something I'd never heard of before called Xanax. And after she'd taken it for a few weeks, she felt a lot better. So she just stopped. And turns out Xanax has a boomerang effect. And so it sent her straight into a panic attack after a couple of days of, of, you know, going cold turkey on this medication. So this was my first introduction to any kind of anti-anxiety or uh, uh, antidepressant uh, medication. It didn't give me a whole lot of good uh, feelings about the whole thing. They, they actually took Debbie to the ER, and uh, I think they probably gave her some Xanax, and that calmed her down. And then I believe she tapered off of Xanax over uh, several months, or she may have continued taking it. I, I don't remember. I, I'll, I'll have to ask her. I'll let you know. Um, and, uh, and that was it on that. So I'm going to cut that off there today, and uh, we'll get back to that on an, another in another episode. This week for Dad's Journal, my dad's writing on his own life, the writing prompt is, This person in my family was funnier than the rest. My dad said, My dad said, My dad. There was not that much day-to-day -day humor in our family, but in social gatherings, Dad was a jokester and loved to laugh. Once again, I kind of wish Dad had written a little bit more about this. I do remember Grandpa Carl. Uh, he loved to tell jokes. Sometimes he would try to tell jokes that were not appropriate for little kids and think he was whispering, but we'd pick him up anyway. Uh, he also loved to discuss politics. He and, he and my father, his son, would go out on the driveway. My mother made him go out on the driveway because when Grandpa Carl got excited, he'd start waving his coffee cup around and it would spray coffee all over the place. So they'd go out to the driveway to have their, uh, their political discussions. And they seemed to really enjoy doing that. As far as I can recall, I only ever saw Grandpa Carl angry once. And that's when he was trying to teach my brother and I how to play five card draw poker. And my brother kept winning and I got angry and tipped over the table because I've seen people do that in movies. So I thought it'd be cool. That's the only time I ever saw Grandpa Carl get angry. I was probably 12 and Kip was probably about 10 at the time.
of the week. Someone recently suggested that rather than putting the Ten Commandments up in public buildings, that the Beatitudes be listed. I think that's a pretty good idea. So for the next eight weeks, I am going to quote the eight Beatitudes from Matthew 5, 3 through 5, 12. So Matthew 5, 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That'll do it for this week as I continue on with my adventures in social anxiety. See ya! Hey there! I'd like to ask a little favor. If you like this podcast, please give it a five-star rating on whatever app or site you use to listen to it. This will help to get it out there to more people. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Just search for Senior Geek 49. That's S E N I O R G E E K 49. All run together in one word. Uh, and uh, 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 u